Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church of praying, going, life-changing disciples in Jesus. We are so glad you have joined us for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. This is the second part of a three-part series titled Love, Love, Love. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. Why don't you go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. Again, our vision for 2020, the year of, come on, say it with me, sudden turnaround. Come on, you got to get it deep in your heart. Ready? The year of sudden turnaround. How many want to turn around in your life? Things to change. Here's what it means, an abrupt or unexpected change, especially one that results in a more favorable situations. I need some favorable situations in my life. Anybody else here? We need favorable situations in our community, in our church, in our family, whatever it might be. So it's an abrupt or unexpected change. I like those unexpected times. I wonder what Naaman thought when he dunked. You know, I'm not going to dunk in the Jordan River. And then his servant came up to him and just said, hey, if you know, if you asked your hard thing, you would have done it. Just go ahead and do this easy thing. And he went and did it, and he got healed of leprosy. Amen. So let, let's, uh, let's let God do what he's got to do. Amen. So last week we talked about the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we really dwelt on two words last week. They were the word adoption. Adoption, to be adopted is a love child. It brings benefit to the adoptee and the adopter, right? And we also looked at the word Abba. And we saw how that word, that in the Aramaic, when they were taking that word, it was, so, it was almost like fear to say, do we really change this to mean my daddy or do we leave it just as he is? And the early writers chose to leave the word Abba in there. And it's kind of neat that they did, amen? The one thing I have found out from the word of God, God wants us to search. You will find me when you seek for me with all your heart and I will be found by you, says the Lord. Oh, there's, there's levels on the top. There's no way of getting around that. You know, as you just read the Bible, it'll just come. But it's as you dig a little. As you dig a little. Until you say amen, I'm just going to keep, as you dig a little, amen. amen. Come on, the first service was awake. I sure hope you're awake. If not, I'll get you awake, amen. It's as we dig a little, it's as we make a decision that God, I want you more than anything. I want you more than a million dollars. I want you more than any person on planet earth. I want you. When we start hungering for God in that way, he starts filling up, Amen. If you seek after righteousness, he shall fill you. Amen? It is so important that we understand this love of God because this world perverts it to us. They bring out love. Oh, love. Love is this mushy, mushy thing. Love is, you know, oh, you know when, you, when you got the hots for someone, that's love. I, I'm sorry. When we find out that God doesn't use love, that God is love. It's a vast difference, guys. Now, you know, 
we look at the Bible, and there are some statements in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that you say, how can God, a God of love, do that? But I've made this statement, and some of you have vouched for me. I've said this, you will never understand the Old Testament until you understand the New Testament, and until you see the Old Testament through the eyes of the New Testament. I'll give you a perfect example of it. Do you remember in the Old Testament that Elijah called down fire from heaven, right? That's in the Bible, right? The prophet Elijah called down fire from heaven, and then he cut the necks of the prophets of Baal and threw them over a cliff, right? Now, the disciples came into a town, and they rejected Jesus. And two of his disciples made this statement. It was John and James, right? The sons of thunder. And they said, Lord, Shall we call down fire like Elijah did and consume them? And how did Jesus respond? He said, you don't know what spirit you're of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy life, but to save life. Understand that the Old Testament is extremely black and white. You're only going to see the causative tense in the, in the Old Testament. God did. God did. God did. But Young's expository, uh, Young's concordance brings out that there is a permissive tense, that God has to permit things because of the fall that is on planet Earth. Big difference when you understand that, guys. Follow me. I know I'm taking you a little deeper, but that's okay. Because when you get an understanding of who God really is and understand his character, his attribute, what he is like, it'll set you free. Yeah. It'll set you. You'll, you'll never come up with statements like this. Why did God do that? Why is God making this happen? Why did God cause that? And I'm going to show you right from the word of God and prove it to you from the word of God. Because I don't want people to say, well, my pastor said this, but this other guy said that. Look, it's not me talking today. Watch what the Bible says. Is that okay? So if you need a little paper and a little pen, go ahead. I'm going to give you about five scriptures today to kind of prove the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the love of God. Amen? Remember, there are wacky people in this world, but they're not being led by God. Well, what does that mean? Well, didn't Jesus make statements? You're of your father the devil. Come on, guys. He didn't say, you're of your father almighty God, did he? No, he did not. And last week I brought that out very clear. If we're in here, you can listen to it online. All right, let's begin. First John 4, 7. Everybody there? Everybody there? Everybody there? Well, you got to talk to me today. I got a powerful message, but I need a little help. Say, I'm with you, Pastor. All right. Are we that kind of church? Yes, we are. And wait till you get to heaven because it's going to be a loud place up in heaven. Amen. You're going to see tribes of every nation glorifying God. I said in first service, man, when I went to Cuba, I didn't expect them to worship God the way they did. I loved it, man. They were dancing and shouting and sweating. I said, bring some of that soul to here, to Christian Faith Fellowship Church. Amen. Amen. Maybe you need to get a little soul yourself, Pastor. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, here we go. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. So love is of who? Of God, all right? And everyone who loves is born again. Do you guys love? Then you're born of God, okay? Everyone who loves is born of God and knows 
God. That word know, again, is that intimacy of God, all right? He who does not love does not know God, underline the next four words, for God is love. Okay, it didn't say God uses love. It says God is love. This is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come on, are you with me, guys? God is love. Now watch what he says. In this, the love of God has been manifested or revealed towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Amen. So many Christians are trying to do all this on their own. You can't do it on your own. Stop trying to perform before God. You're not a puppet. You're not a clown. Come on, talk to me today. You are a child of God. As a child of God, you are going to make mistakes. You're going to do some dumb things. You're going to blow it here and there. My kids did growing up. I did growing up. And guess what I found out? My parents still love me, and I still love my children. You don't throw out the dirty bath. You don't throw the child out with the dirty bath water, amen? You throw the bath water out, you still love the child. God still loves you in the midst of making mistakes. Say, thank you, Jesus. Because this isn't based upon performance. It's based upon his performance. It's being in the covenant. This covenant is not between me and God. This covenant is between God and Jesus, and I am in him. And because I am in him, I get all the benefits that he gets. As he is, so are we in this world. Enjoy the ride. We are under the dispensation of grace, under his mercy. Oh, this is good preaching right now if you got hold of it. Because it will set you free. Too many people are full of sin consciousness when we need to be full of sun consciousness. And I'll tell you, when you start thinking about the sun you'll start thinking less about the sin. You ever notice that? Come on. Am I the only one? You're sitting around at home and you're thinking about a piece of chocolate cake in the fridge. <laughs> and what happens to you? It's all you can think about. It keeps going through your mind. If I get my mind off it, I'm not going to eat the stupid thing. But I keep my mind on it, so what am I going to do? Eat it. All right? You keep thinking about all your sins, all your mistakes, and you're going to end up doing more of them. But when you start thinking about Jesus, if you then be risen with Christ, set your affection on things above, you'll start setting your mind on him. You'll start renewing your mind. Well, how beautiful he is, how loving he is, and how good he is to us. You'll stop thinking about all the dumb things that we do. But you say, I don't believe that. I need to just be in condemnation. Go right ahead. I'm not your God. He's your God. Amen? But I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to sin a whole lot more. I'll guarantee it. Because you're going to be thinking about that chocolate cake. You're going to be thinking about those Oreo cookies. You're going to be thinking about that chocolate mint ice cream that's in the freezer. You're going to be thinking about, Pastor, you're making me hungry. <laughs> you're just going to keep thinking about it. That's why the Bible says, set your affection on things above. That's why the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The New Living Translation says, by changing the way you think. And the only way to, you can change the way you think is to think about something else. Amen? 
You're not going to, willpower ain't going to get it done. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, you're going to eat, I guarantee you. Go ahead and try it. Go ahead. I guarantee you'll eat that chocolate cake before the day is over. I guarantee it. Because you're still thinking about it. It's, you're lusting after the thing. You're coveting it. I want it, but I'm not going to think about it. Ha! You need something to take its place. It's the same way with sin. You put Jesus in its place and you watch sin become lower and lower. Amen. All right, here we go. Verse 10, ready? And this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us. See how we got it backwards? I got to love God. I got to love God. I got to love God. No, let him love you first. Oh, you're not getting this, guys. Again, when we're saying, I got to love God, I got to love God, I got to it's all about performance. I got to love God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy being. And what do you do? You don't do it. And then you get into good old condemnation. That's why Romans 8, 1 is written there. There is therefore now. No condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Present tense, bringing it to this moment. Amen? I have no condemnation in my life. Even if I sin right now, I have no, I have no condemnation. Why? Because he took care of it for me. And I am in him. I am in him. I am in him. You are in him. All right, keep going. Watch this now. In this is, is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Diane brought out a scripture on Wednesday night. The teaching was so good. She checked it out on Facebook Live. But she brought out about the intense love of God. And I want you to see this. Can you guys put that Ephesians scripture up on the screen there? Ephesians 2, 4. This, this verse, to me, oozes. Anybody ever have a pimple or something and it oozed? Is that like a bad example? <laughs> Watch it now. Ready? But God. Can everybody say, but God. So rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. You ever just, like your children, you come on, talk to me, guys. There's an intense love there. Oh, some of you, it's your dogs, okay, your dogs. There's just an intense love there. Here it's saying, look at that again, that part. In order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love wherein he loved us. Our minds can't comprehend that. See, we think we're going to get to heaven and he's just going to say, I'm going to let you in, but you sure don't deserve it. Well, pastor, we don't deserve it. No, you're absolutely right. We don't. But since he gave it to us, he's never going to say that. I can tell you what he's going to do when you get there. Many of us are going to cry because the Bible says he's going to wipe away the tears from our eyes, right? I think he's just going to say, shh, and put his arms around us and say, come on in. Because again, it's not about me. It's about his grace, his love, his goodness. Oh, I'm not done yet, guys. You ready? Keep going on. And this is the love that we have, 
not, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And what? He sent his son to be the propitiation. That it means the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Amen? Now go down to verse 16. And we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Doesn't say he uses it, says he is it, right? And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. On judgment day, we can have boldness because of our trust in his love. Because, say it with me, ready? As he is, come on, say it with me. As he is, say it with me. As he is, so are we in this world. Okay, watch. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear is torment. How many could say amen to that? Fear is a horrible thing, right? But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We loved him. How many here love God? All right. Why? Because he first loved us. Right back to that scripture before. And this is, the, and this is love. Not that we love God, but that, but that he loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Boy, I'll tell you, that, that's, that's awesome. Amen? My kids love me because I first loved them. You understand this? Parents, you're the ones that wiped their, their high knees, and you're the one that fed them, and you're the one that got spit on. Come on, talk to me today. And you love them through all that. Having an understanding of the love of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit will get rid of so much garbage in your life, it is just amazing. Things like, ready? Why is this happening to me? Why is God doing this in my life, etc., etc., etc. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I just say something? I hope you still love me after I say it. He's not. Some stuff we have brought on ourselves. Some stuff is the curse in this world. And some stuff is evil people that are in this world. People that we might have even trusted that hurt us and took advantage of us. But it was not God. Oh, but pastor, I went through all this and God is using me today to help people in that area. And yes, that's the way it should be. I think of Joyce Myers, her dad raping her throughout her entire life as a child. But she didn't go and get in a shell and run away. She's ministering to people today. I see my brother over here ministering to people today that have been hurt and abused in life. That's what it should be. We should let God heal us, and then we should go out and be a healer to other people. To other people. Now look at this in James chapter 1, verse 17. James 1.17. God is good. Oh, if we could just get that in our minds. We serve a good God. Look what he says. Every. What does the word every mean? Every, every right? But he says something here. Watch. Every good gift. Is being raped a good gift? Is being abused a good gift? Is being robbed from being a, a good gift? 
No, I can go on and on in that list. I think you get the drift. So he's not talking about that here. He says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light, talking about Almighty God. Watch what he says. With whom there is no variations or shadow of turning. In other words, God does not change. If you took the God of the Old Testament and you brought him into the three years that Jesus walked on the earth, he'd be exactly the same as Jesus. See, you got to get an understanding of this, guys. Understanding what a good God God is. Always remember that God is a good God and that he loves you dearly and he wants to bring you to a place of victory. And then when things happen in your life, you'll know how to fight the good fight of faith. See? You notice that the, the, the word of God is very proactive. It doesn't say lay back. No, it says fight the good fight of faith. It says put on the armor of God that you may stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Hey, there's sometimes you don't want to stand. I get it. I get it. There's a scripture that Diane just loves. It's found in the uh, complete Jewish Bible and it talks about just laying in God's breast, laying in, laying in his chest. And sometimes you need to do that. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen? But there are times you got to get your sword out. When Jesus was tried in the wilderness, what did he do? He took the word of God out and he fought. It is written, it is written, it is written. That word of God should be as close to you as your wallet is to you or your purse is to you, amen? Now look, many of you know this scripture, but let, let's look at it today. Go to John 10.10. 10. We all know it by heart, but that's where we have to be careful with the scripture. Because the scripture is impregnated. It, it has a seed to it. So it's constantly giving life. And it says we read it and read it that it comes alive. Now I know some scriptures are tough, man. I'm in the book of Leviticus right now. Anybody reading through the, the Bible in a year? Oh, mamma me. You get in the book of Leviticus and let the person that, 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 that's got a crushed testicle be taken away and let the person that's bald-headed be taken away. You know, you read these things like, and then take the lamb and slaughter it and this and that. Oh, man. And then the, I, I'm doing the reading plan Diane gave me this year. And, he's, and whoever put this plan together just seemed to make the Leviticus chapters five or six chapters in one day. And then John, that I enjoy reading, or Genesis, half a chapter. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little, but you know what I'm trying to say. It seems like those chapters take forever, doesn't it? All right, here we go. The thief. Everybody say the thief. Who's he talking about here? Satan, he tells you the thief came from the beginning, right? He does not come except to, come on, say it, steal, kill, and destroy. And that word steal there is interesting. I heard this from Rick Renner as a Greek scholar. It is the word um, um, klepto, and klepto, excuse me. And it means like a pickpocketer, they're real swift, they're real good, and they can just take the money, and that you don't even know they took it. It's the way the devil is. He just sneaks in there and he steals from your life. Oh, man, fight that dude. I have. Don't you love that? Come on. I have. What did you have, Jesus? I came that you might have Zoe life and have that 
more abundantly. The thief came not but for the steal, kill, destroy. I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. But what the devil has done, he's, he's pretty good at it. It's almost like what we hear nowadays from the media. It's called fake news. The devil uses people to bring fake news and people with titles that they bring fake news. And I'm not here to judge anybody. They have to stand before God. But when people start putting other, when pastors start putting other preachers down or other churches down, they need to watch themselves. Because the Bible says they're going to be judged according to that. I would rather lift churches up. This morning we have prayer from 8 to 8.20. We have pre-service prayer. We'll have prayer at 12.30 today if I get done in time, right, right uh, prayer warriors. But we'll have prayer, and we pray for other churches. And we don't pray, God, change them. Because one thing I have found in life is variety is good. Come on, guys, talk to me. Look, I'm an Italian boy. I was born Italian. I mean, as Italian as you can get. I came home. That's all we talked was Italian in the house. Went to school. That's where I talked English, all right? In my house growing up, all we ate every day was pasta. You ever go in the pasta aisle and you see little pasta, big pasta, linguine, spaghetti, thin spaghetti, angel here, uh, rigatoni. Every day we had a different pasta. If we had soup, Pasta was in that soup. We even had pasta vizul. That's pasta with beans. Amen. Pasta. That's what we ate. So here I am growing up an Italian kid. Pasta. Then my, my cousin, he married a Cuban girl. And we were invited over to the family. I was hungry. I walked in. They had this long table with every color rice and bean you ever saw. I didn't know what to do. I like rice and beans now. Back then, when you eat one kind of food, what is that? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why are you bringing this out? I don't have a clue. There was something, something that I brought out here. All right, are you over in Luke chapter 13? Oh, I remember. I remember. Do you know that God has flavors in churches too? Our churches is more charismatic. There are quieter churches. You know what? What floats your boat? God is there to meet you there. But I'm not. Can you imagine if every church worked together? I think the rapture would have come already. I really do. I truly believe we would have had the rapture already. But instead of, oh, that church over there, they're the uh, uh, church. Oh, that church over there, oh, they believe this. That's sad. Shame on people that do that. Shame. Because you hinder other people that this might be their flavor that they need to grow up. And when you say that church, now that word always gets in their mind always gets in their mind. So when you put another church down or another brother down or something like that, you will be judged according to those words. Be very careful. Be very careful when you judge other people. It's a serious thing, guys. You could hinder a person from being born again. I wouldn't go to that church. Why not? Oh, they're, they're cultish over there. What does that mean? 
Come on, guys. Now, there are cults out there, and I fully understand that. But people that are preaching the gospel, you remember the disciples came to Jesus and they said to him, Lord, we stopped this man from preaching in your name because he wasn't with our group. And Jesus rebuked them right there. That should teach us something. I wouldn't go to that church. They speak in tongues. Hey, brothers and sisters, Mary spoke in tongues. Peter spoke in tongues. Paul spoke in tongues. All the apostles spoke in tongues. Better watch it. Jesus said there's only one sin that there's no forgiveness for, and it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Be careful. Jesus said you'll be judged by every idle word that comes out of your mouth. I've learned to shut up. Amen? Pray for those among us. They have gifts. Lafayette has gifts over there. And the evangelical church has gifts over there. And that church down there has got gifts. Can't we all just work together? No! Well, I can. Amen? All right. Are you guys there in Luke yet? Did I tell you to turn there? Luke chapter 13. Come on, chop, chop, guys. We're running out of time. God is good. Amen? I like to laugh. Laughing is good. I send my grandkids little, little jokes, you know. I think, make them laugh, amen? Life is too serious. Everybody's serious. All right, Luke 13, 10. Now he was teaching one day in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a, say with me, spirit of infirmity. How long? 18 years. So 18 years she was sick. How was she sick? She was bent over. She could not straighten up. I saw a woman like this once. Has anybody ever seen a person? Basically, they have to walk like this. They don't get to see people's faces. They get to see the dirt of the ground. 18 years she walked like this, right? When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said, Woman, you are loose of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately, watch what happens, she was made straight and she glorified God. But the rulers of the synagogue, not, this wasn't done in our camp. Come on, guys, talk to me. This wasn't done our way. So it can't be God if it wasn't done our way. I wonder what we would have thought of some of the revivals that came throughout the land. Jonathan Edward revival. People would shake in their seats and fall under the power of God. The Azusa Street revival. A, a black man with a patched eye preaching the gospel so strong that arms grew in and people and, and they called the fire department because they saw fire on top of the house. What would we have thought of the Quakers that they would quake during the preaching of the word. What would we think of that nowadays? Have we become so sophisticated that we today can't even have a move of God anymore? Think about what I say today, brothers and sisters, because God wants to do something. And sometimes the things God does isn't like we think. You know why? He's God. And he chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise.
Let's keep going on. They get upset. There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. Can you picture this? This lady has been sick for 18 years. Jesus is on the scene. They see her straighten up. She glorifies God. She's not glorifying the devil. People want to say, healings of the devil. Really? Man, I'll tell you, she glorified God. And the Lord, he was just so calm and collective, wasn't he? And the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Does not each one of you loose a donkey on the Sabbath from the stall and lead it away to water it? So up not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, saying it was under the Abraham covenant, right? Be loosed. Abraham, whom Satan has bound, tells you where sickness and disease comes from. It doesn't mean the person that's sick has a demon in him. What it means, it comes from the fall, amen? Right from the beginning. Think of it. She was, loose, she was sick for 18 years. Shouldn't she be loose from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, check this out. His adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that God did through him. Is that cool? In other words, the people, us, little guys like us, we glorify God when we see him at work, amen? But religious people, I didn't do that. Can't be of God. It wasn't from my camp. Well, Jesus was God. That's why he did that. Excuse me? Does Philippians not say he laid aside his glory and became like a man? How do you know that? Look at this next verse. John, Acts chapter 10 Verse 38. See, people think when Jesus was on this earth, he operated in his deity. No, he operated under the Abraham covenant as a man. He died as almighty God, as Christ for us. Amen? Now watch here what it says in Acts 10, 38. Why don't you read it with me? Ready? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Why did God have to anoint Jesus if he was the all-anointed one? Boy, I look at some of your brains, you're going like this. Because he laid aside that glory. Is he God? 100% God. 100% man. But he laid aside his glory, became like you and me. It shows what we can do to the human race. We can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. We can pray for people and see God do miracles. Come on, read it with me. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all. Healing is good. Say, healing is good. Who were oppressed of the devil. Doesn't mean they were, they, they had demons in them. It means the oppression of sickness comes from the, from the very fall at the very beginning, for God was with him. Let me ask you a real simple question. Real simple, simple question. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, but did Jesus heal everybody that was sick? No, he didn't. The Bible says in his own hometown, there he could not do many mighty works. Did G you know, people say, oh, he's just pray once and that's it. Did Jesus ever pray twice for somebody? Sure did. Prayed for that guy. Can you see the blind guy? I see people like trees. He prayed for him again. That's Jesus praying for somebody twice. I'm Tom. 
If I got to lay my hands on you 25 times, let's lay those hands on people. Amen. All right, let me give you one more story. We'll wrap it up. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Is it God's will to heal? Is it God? But I, I know some, Pastor, you're, you're, you got somebody that's going through. That's right. That's right. But we're fighting the good fight of faith. We don't let go of his word. His word, let God be true. And every man a liar. When we start thinking, oh, this just happens to somebody else. Why? We're not immune to it. But we fight. Doesn't mean I'm more evil because something comes against me or you're more evil. What it means is I'm in a curse-filled world. And I got to keep fighting. Get that sword sharp. Amen? So if you've had things happen in your family, love Jesus. Amen? Don't get into all this. People try to put such guilt on people. I don't know what. There are sick people out there. Amen? You know the old expression, hurting people? Amen. And when they try to put guilt on you, well, it must be something evil in your family or something that you did and stuff like that. Just say, really? My family, my father is almighty God. My elder brother is Jesus Christ. You're telling me there's something wrong with them? Some of you went, choo, choo. Nah. Life, guys. When we get to heaven, it'll all be okay. But till then, you're in the battle. Amen? You're in the battle. Okay, Matthew 8, 1. We're almost done. When he had come down from the mountain, so picture Jesus was up on the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Just picture thousands of people. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him. Look at the attitude of the leper. What did he do first? He worshipped him, right? And he made this statement. I want you to catch this now. It's so important to catch this. Lord if you are willing. You see the word there, I-F, if? So he's asking, Lord, is this your will? If you are willing, you can make me clean. So here's this leper. He believed that God was able, and I ask anybody in a church, and they all believe God is able to heal, God is able to do miracles, Correct? How many here believe God is able? He's almighty God. He makes this earth spin out there. I mean, he made the moon just the right size. That We're the only planet that can have an eclipse. We're the only one that have a solar eclipse, a lunar eclipse. The moon spins at the perfect time that you always see one side of it. He's almighty God, right? He is able. But here's the question of the church. Is he willing? And that's the question you have to answer for yourself. Is he willing to heal your daughter, to heal your son, to heal your body, to provide for your needs, to help you in any? Is he willing? Right, let's let the scripture answer for itself. Would that be okay? Then Jesus put out his hand and he said, I am willing I am willing, come on, underline it. I am willing, come on, underline it. I am willing. The leper's asking him, are you willing, Lord? I am willing. Are you willing, Lord? I know you're able. I know you have the ability. You're almighty God. You made me. You can heal me. But are you willing? I am willing. I am willing. I am, come on, say with me. I am willing. He is willing. He is willing. And look at the next couple words. Immediately, the leprosy was cleansed. 
What happens? It's right here, guys. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think God can't do it, you think this is the way I am, it'll always be like that, it will be. But if I can just change you to think just a little different today, if I can get you to start saying, God is willing, if, and he is able, what do I need to do? And you start getting the scriptures out. And you start finding the hundreds of scriptures that is God's will to heal you, God's will to provide for you. And you start saying them over yourself. My son, attend to my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all medicine, to all their flesh. When God's word becomes stronger than Facebook, when God's word becomes stronger than television, when God's word becomes stronger than the, the little carnal things that we do in this life that eat up our time, the healing will come. The provision will come. The deliverance will come. Any area that you need, as long as it lines up with the word. But as long as we say all this is more important than that, Jesus answered, I am willing. I am willing. Do you know that there are going to be many people that are going to go through a Christless eternity all because of the little flaky things of this world instead of looking to the one who said, God desires no man to perish, but all to be saved and come to the full knowledge of the truth. And on that day of judgment, the only thing that gives us a pass into heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ. Not one person in the bowels of hell will be able to say, you were unjust, you were unfair, because each of us has the word of God. My Bible says it like this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That word salvation is sozo, and it means deliverance, it means healing, it means eternal life, the entire spectrum of our lives here. It's just how far we want to go. Amen? And just real quick in closing, remember Jesus said it like this. Remember he said, here's the greatest of all parables. Which was it? Remember? The sower sows the word. The first group hear the word, wayside people, they leave, they're done, no more word. We've seen it. They come to church one week, you never see them again. The next group of people are those on rocky soil. What did they hear the word? They get excited. Then when persecution comes, they have no roots in themselves and they run away. The third group of people, this is Christians now, this is Christians, it's us. They hear the word of God, but the cares of this world, the distractions of the age, the lust of other things creep in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But then he goes to the good soil. God catches. And he says, they hear the word and they receive it, and some produce 30, 60, 
and a hundredfold. You notice even the ones that hear the word that grow, not everybody is producing a hundredfold. And he just says 30, 60, and 100. I'm at 10% in a lot of areas. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm still growing in lots of areas in my own life. It's how much time, how much effort, how much love I want to put towards his holy word. Amen? Love, love, love. God loves us, but he's going to put it straight out there. We can live as world overcomers because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Father God, we thank you for the word of God today. And we thank you. Yeah, it had a lot of correction in it, but I believe it had a lot of growth in it, Father. A lot of challenge in it, but also a lot of, I can do that. I can read a couple scriptures a day and start growing. Father, we do pray for every church in our community that's preaching the gospel, Lord, because we want to see every church succeed for the glory of God. Because one church can't get this job done. But all of us working together, sound, trumpet, sound. I want to go on home. Glory to God. Father, you're trying to get us to quit just picking on each other and love one another. This morning as we wrap up, I do ask you if you're here and you have never asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and you'd like to make that decision today, I want to say to you, to be eternally secure in your salvation is the greatest thing. Don't say, oh, I'm too much of a mess up. It's not about being a mess up. It's about Jesus Christ who is perfect. Amen. This morning, if you're here and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart and you'd like to receive him as your Lord and Savior, say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me today and accepting me today. I am loved today. In Jesus' name, amen. No one